club, if you're a member of a club, you generally have chosen to join that club mm-hmm. uh, because you want good auto rates or something like that, or you know. But the church is different in 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 the sense that it's God calling us together. This is Pastor John. This is Pastor Tim. And this is the Every Moment His podcast, a podcast devoted to talking about how the gospel impacts every single moment of our lives. That's right. Well, I, you know, here's my joke for you. It's a, it's a different one. I, mean, I don't think you've ever heard this one, but why, why do celebrities have... Um, <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> well, I already messed it up. <laughs> right. Why? How do how do celebrities uh, keep cool? I don't know. They they just get more fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kids love that joke. I don't know why. They I'll just, try it. Yeah, they I'll love see it. How it works. But you have to explain what a celebrity is. Yeah, that's where you lose them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, whatever, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> explaining okay. something, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. So what what are we doing today? <laughs> so today we're gonna we're just gonna introduce. Uh, the next um, part of our sermon series, Save to Serve. So we've looked at the family, and really I hope you have a a strong confidence of the understanding that God has called you in particular to to your family life, um, Mm -hmm. to your life in the family or as a single, to to be a vibrant part of bringing the kingdom to bear there. Really, all those, all those relationships, right? Whatever direction they go, whether it be father, mother, son, daughter, bro- brother, sister, et cetera, we, we've all got those roles, right? Yep. Yeah. And God is working through you in those roles. Um, and so to own that and to, to pray about that is good. Uh, and now we're looking at the role of the church. So you're, you're a part of an earthly family, mm-hmm. um, but you are a part of a heavenly family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a part of uh, the family of God, a brother or sister of Jesus Christ himself, a son or a daughter of the Most High God, uh, indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And that, along with that comes a community. You know, we, we pray in the creed, you know, I believe in the communion of saints. Mm-hmm. And I believe the community exists. There's more than just me um, in this world that believes that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, and those saints are not just, you know, like Saint Augustine, uh, right? Saint Athanasius, <laughs> yeah. Saint but it's, Thomas, yeah. It's like you, yeah, right. <laughs> Anybody who's a baptized believer in Christ is a saint, a holy one. Yeah, yeah. and I we're in <laughs> communion and fellowship together. So, um, so we're we're jumping into this uh, save to serve 2.0, which is the church, our service in the church, our roles in the church, and as we begin that, we have a, a question. Do I even need a church? Right. Can I be a Christian and just not have a church? Or maybe just kind of have maybe one toe in, kind of dip my foot into church whenever it kind of fits me? Right. So what we want to do in this podcast is give you a little bit of the description of the church from the Bible. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, we want to maybe describe um, the way that the world might look at the church right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
why in particular, yeah, that question of uh, do I even need a church, why that might be answered in the negative in our culture. Yeah. And then compare that to what the scriptures say. Right. I mean, you might uh, ask most people here in maybe Kearney, are you a Christian? Most people, sure, you betcha. Yep. Yep. Where do you go to church? Where do you go to church? You might not get the same answer. Yeah, and it might be like, well, you know, sometimes I go to this church, but there's not like a strong commitment there, or maybe there's no church attendance. Maybe it's like a Christmas, Easter kind of thing. And wow, people get kind of edgy with that question because there's a guilt thing there. But I mean, that's not what we're after here. What we're after here is just like, well, what's God's plan for you as a believer? Right. Does God will for you to be part of a living body uh, of a church? Yeah. So most people, and maybe we can scratch at this a little bit, but I would say most people at the forefront of their minds don't really have church as a major part of being a Christian. It's kind of optional. It's like an yeah. add-on thing. Or like, it's a supplement. Like, to do you want heated seats in your car? <laughs> it's optional. You don't need it, but... Yeah. <laughs> you need it in Canada. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not, not even there. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of like this supplement. It's like, well, you know, my, what Christianity is really about is my particular path. Yeah. My journey. Uh, it's a solo mission. And if I happen to bump into other Christians That's along cool. the way, yeah. good. But my faith is my faith. It's private. It, it's, you know, it's my personal relationship with Jesus. Right. And and that language isn't all bad. I mean, it's good. We have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We're his children. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. But also there's a lot of other people who are your brothers and sisters who are part of a relationship with God. And yeah. so it's not a just me and Jesus thing. It's a, it's an us and Jesus thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what, what could we maybe point out to someone who would say, uh, yeah, I totally believe, uh, totally believe in God. Um, I just don't feel the need to be a member of a church Mm -hmm. or a public professor of the faith. You know, one thing that I would say is that if you read the New Testament, I would say it's impossible to read the New Testament without understanding the church community. Like, that's just assumed. And there's no, like, chapter and verse that says you must be part of a church necessarily. But that's because the whole New Testament just assumes that that if you're a Christian, you're part of a, a community in the book of Acts, we see Christians together. We see them worshiping together, having the Lord's Supper together, fellowshipping together, sharing things together, serving each other. Mm-hmm. As we read the letters of Paul, Paul just assumes that the people who are believers are baptized not just into Christ, but into the church. Mm-hmm. They're baptized into a fellowship. And so I think if we were to say to to Jesus or to to the Apostle Paul or any of the other writers in the New Testament, like Peter or or John, like, I could be a Christian and not have a a church community, they'd look at us funny. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, what? Well, in in fact, you know, if you you read the New Testament, say, say you just spent a week straight just reading the New Testament thoroughly, like half of that book is about the arguments going on in the church. 
It's about how do we get along together yeah. now that we're united in Christ. <laughs> Sounds like a family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or Thanksgiving. That's basically what it is, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, man, yeah, Uncle Frank. <laughs> Uncle Frank's on this, off about this topic again, and we got to yeah. reel him in. Yeah. And But honestly, a lot of the, it's just how do we, as Jews and Gentiles, now washed into Christ, how do we get along yeah. and treat each other in love? Because some major cultural barriers were broken mm-hmm. between Jew and Gentile and, and, and slave and master. and Yeah, rich and rich poor. Rich and poor. Yeah. And, and even male and female to a mm-hmm. certain extent. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all these, these barriers have been broken in Christ, who has made us all one. And that took some figuring out. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, a lot of the, the New Testament, that's a good point, that the driving force in the writing of the letters that Paul wrote, where he wrote those to communities of Christians, yep. trying to figure out how to do life together in all the messiness of, of, uh, of, of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the end, it's good, but, but there is some messiness. Well, and there's, so in the New Testament, you know, to be like k- kicked out of the church was real serious. Yeah. You know, to because, be excommunicated. Yeah, yeah. The, the church was the that's the people of God. Right. If you want to know who are saved, it's those people. Yeah. Um according to Christ, right? According to the word of God. And so to be outside of the church would be to be outside of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the the language that Jesus uses, you know, or Saint Paul, Saint Peter pick up this language of body. Right, that you yeah. are a member of his body. And that every member has a place, every every member of the body has a function. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like there's some cells that are vital and some that are not needed, but that every member of the body has a has a vital role. And and so the New Testament would not have a category for somebody who is like a on the inactive body of Christ list, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's, we're one body. Uh, so let's, let's ask a few questions. Okay. First, why are we maybe in our culture? Why do we have maybe kind of like a, I don't really need a church culture. Why in the, in the Christian culture, do we even have a, just me and Jesus, I don't really need a church culture. Well, I think, uh, first of all, we, c- we should just recognize that it's not just the church and people in or on the edges of the church that think this way, but it's most everyone. Yeah. Uh, most everyone doesn't believe that there's any higher authority than their own mind. In fact, I've heard people lately, and I think it's tr- right, that people are saying, you know, the, the meaning of life used to be uh, to become a good person. Yeah, right. But now the meaning of life is to be uh, authentic to yourself. To be your authentic self, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So... The point is to be true to your own authority, your own inner voice, your own uh, characteristics, and to live that out yeah. and disregard any other shape force that's trying to shape you into a vision that, that's not in particularly individually yours. Which is crazy because if you look at the, at the New Testament, like what is the goal of everything? The Apostle Paul says that the goal of everything is that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ mm. and and. You can't do that alone. We do that within a community. That's what the church does. It shapes us to be Christ-like. Right. And that's not going to jive well with a culture that says, no, the purpose of life is to be your authentic self. And and this yeah. doesn't mean that we're not saying that you shouldn't strive to be a unique person because God created you unique. But 
we shouldn't just be led astray by whatever our hearts desire because the scriptures also say that the heart is deceitful above all else. Yeah. <laughs> or Jesus says out of the heart is where all the, the bad stuff comes. Yeah, all yeah. the all the uncleanliness and sin comes from yeah, inside yeah. out. So so what is the, and you know, a lot of people, they'll say, <clears throat> you know, I, I, well, I don't need to uh, go to college. I'll just go to the library and study. And why... Is that impossible? You know, in the in the church context, why is it impossible to shape yourself into the image of Christ? Can't you just do a self study at home? What do you think? Well, yeah, we should read the scriptures at home, but the Bible was not designed to be read alone, just alone. The Bible was written in a community and it was given to a community. When people read the Bible alone, <laughs> outside of a community, they become uh, heretics. <laughs> mm. So if you look, mm. if you look at some of the movements in the in the past centuries, uh, you know that are not Christian that maybe started out Christian and became weird and yeah. and like even a cult. Uh, those movements happened when people were interpreting the Bible outside of the the church. Mm. That they said, "Hey, I got my own interpretation of what the Bible means," instead of being rooted and grounded in a community of people who have wrestled with these questions, who have um, the, uh, the creeds and the confessions of the church that, that we've, we've wrestled with these things. Um, yeah, so, shape, yeah, shaped our thought over time. Yeah, and so like as, as a college would have like a curriculum to shape you into an engineer or into a teacher, you know, you're not going to become an engineer by going to the library, right? Mm. Uh, you might if you're like you a might genius, become a weird engineer, but you can build <laughs> some pretty bad bridges. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, like a college has a curriculum with professors who lead you and and teach you the things that you need to know. In the same way, the church has a curriculum, um, the scriptures, the catechism, you know, and um, those very simple articles of the faith, like the Lord's Prayer and the, the Apostles' Creed and uh, the Ten Commandments. And the church has been given pastors and, and teachers in the church who are right. going to shape us. Yeah, and so, that, I mean, that's a, I think that's one of the key points, is a lot of people honestly don't believe. Um, I would probably say many Lutherans don't have a good grasp on this either. Mm-hmm. But they just honestly don't believe that the pastor has has a um, a call, meaning a a mission from God, yeah, placed right. on his life mm-hmm. to to preach the word faithfully uh, for their sake. Yeah. So, Pastor John, you are not the pastor of every Christian in North America, or even in Kearney, or even in Kearney, no, right, no. or even in Nebraska. We're uh-uh. we're preaching to a lot of Nebraska through NTV, but. We're not in a, you are not in a pastoral relationship. Right. With, you're not called to pastor all of those people. You're called to proclaim the gospel wherever you go. But for instance, you know, the, the saints down at Zion, right? They have Pastor James Deloche. He is their pastor. Right. We are not. Mm-hmm. And there's, this is a good thing that certain people have been called to a position for the, for the sake of the people for this particular time, this particular place. Yeah. Um, and that's how God works. And this really gets into the whole question of church membership because, I mean, membership, it's sad when like a word means something and then culture shapes it to mean something else. Member is a good word. It's a good Bible word. We're members of the body of Christ. We're members of a local church. 
but you can also be a member of Sam's Club. Yeah. And you can go to another Triple wholesale a. place if you find a better deal. Uh, you can be a, a member of the gym and, and never go like like I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or you Have you canceled that? I did cancel oh, my yeah. gym membership. It yeah. was a little awkward, but I did it. And uh, now I work I work out outside. Um, yep. Yeah. So outside is free. Yeah. And also you're less likely to contract COVID. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyways, um, and, you know, we have all these membership relationships where we hold it lightly. It's a card in our pocket. It's a card in the pocket. Yeah. But uh, church membership is a real biblical thing. Yeah. And it means that you have a pastor or pastors who are accountable to God for your soul. Mm-hmm. That they're going to stand before God and say, I either told these people the truth and loved them and shared Christ with them, or I held things back and I didn't share with them the whole counsel of God. And then you're also tied together to a group of believers who mm-hmm. are doing the Christian life with you. Uh, that's solid biblical stuff. And our culture doesn't have a category for it, but we need one. Yeah, I think, yeah, and so I, one of the issues I think is that people, when they think about the church, uh, and we talked touched on this last podcast too, mm-hmm. is they think about it in an information passed on kind of way. Yeah. Which there is that. You know, there's proclamation of the word, receiving that information, thinking about it, uh, digesting it. But there's more than that. Like it's it's much more like a family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, you know, uh, the Catholic tradition calls their priests fathers. And it's not the worst language because in the New Testament, St. Paul talks about himself as a spiritual father. Right, right. Um, meaning that it's not just information. It's I'm caring to shape you. I'm caring to be uh, to carefully bring you up in a certain direction. Right. So it's it's much more intense. It's also, you know, a club. If you're a member of a club, you generally have chosen to join that club. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you want good auto rates or something like that, or <laughs> yeah. you know, but the church is different in in the, in the sense that it's God calling us together. Yeah, He calls us together through His Holy Spirit, right, right, and through uh, forgiveness, right, through the mercy. That's so. Mm-hmm. It should look really eclectic. Yeah, and maybe you'll have relationships in the church that you would never have through a mutual interest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is, you know, the the old, you know, picture I've had in my mind is, you know, you got in one single row, you could have somebody who makes, you know, six figures and somebody who's on food stamps. And then you can have a, a baby and, a, you know, a lady on an oxygen tank. You know, it's like you, you, you have just a, a variety of people that are coming together and their common interest is Christ. And he's the one that binds them together, even though they're very different. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing in our culture because we become so homogenous, I think, yeah. in different areas of life. Uh, yeah, so, so church membership is, is, is just a really important thing. And I think that sometimes we forget that because we live in kind of a low-context culture where we want to be kind of less formal. We don't want to be, like, tied down in our relationships. Mm-hmm. But um, it is a... It is God's will, God's plan for you to be part of a, a church community, a member of a church, and to put down roots there, and even to treat that church as a covenant relationship that mm-hmm. you would want to really have some 
some really solid reasons for leaving mm-hmm. um, that we don't want to hold that membership lightly. Yeah, so um, in a culture where no one wants to be tied down yeah. or committed to anything, the church is one place where we are called to willingly be tied down. Right? We're willingly yeah. saying, I am binding myself to this community of believers. Through the this, good and the yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This pulpit. This uh, altar. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think, I think there's a bit of a secret here in that, you know, if you want to grow as a Christian, mm-hmm. really in anything in life, but in this context, if you want to grow as a Christian, you have to bind yourself. You do. Yeah. Because you, you cannot be your own God. G.K. Chesterton said one time that it is the nature of love to bind yourself mm. uh, to some someone. And, and I can look back on my own life as a Christian that, I didn't have a church community that I like really faithfully belonged to for the long haul until seminary, but definitely then my first call to be a pastor because I, I floated around to different churches in high school. I just kind of went where the youth group was cool. Mm-hmm. I went to where, you know, all my friends were going and I got a lot of different teaching and a lot of confusing, conflicting opinions on things. And and then I finally found a church and I became a member of it. I went through adult membership class as a junior in high school with my parents. And then, but I held that membership kind of lightly. I went to college and in college, I just went to church wherever I felt like. Um, and then I got to seminary and they assigned me to a church, <laughs> Christ Memorial Lutheran Church in, in St. Louis. And we were there for three years and you were there too. Yep. Uh, we happened to be assigned to the same churches, and uh, that's where I started to understand what the church is. But it was only when I had a call to a church, and I was there seven years, and I was with the same people that I really began to see that maturity take place in mm. my life. I had I had sidestepped it for a long time, and some of that was the seasons of life I was mm. in. But but to be in a in a church community for a length of time is just a beautiful, good thing. Yeah, and I think that's one piece that um, I know that we've had several conversations that we want Holy Cross to really dive deep with one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I, I do think that a lot of people, you know, we experience Jesus in the church. Yeah. But we really experience a disembodied Jesus, right? We, we don't experience the depth of his love through his people mm-hmm. very well. And so... For me, um, I had a similar experience, I I would say. Um, But what I found the treasure of the church is, is when you are willing to trust someone Mm -hmm. beyond just showing up as a a regular church worshiper, but you're willing to trust someone that, you know, my brother in Christ has Christ in his heart for me. Yeah, right. And so, and this kind of uh, rings of, Bonhoeffer, you know, Life Together, which we studied uh, several months ago now, but that the Christ in my brother is greater than the Christ in my heart. And yeah. I, he has something that I need. And so when I, uh, you kind of have to jump across that, um, that barrier. Yeah. And even like the conversations that we have around coffee and donuts, you know, mm-hmm. if those conversations can go beyond just like, well, what's the weather doing? Or, or, yeah, or right. did you see that game? But even into, you know, what's God doing in your life and, and how can I pray for you and, and your struggles and your joys and successes. 
uh, that's that's where it really begins to get get good i think in, mm-hmm. in christian community it's hard but it's good at the same time yeah i i think you know the risk is worth it for sure and yeah. that's what i found i found an immense amount of growth um in the church when i just decided i needed to trust the church i needed to trust those people uh that yeah. god had placed in my life and so when you start seeing it that way um, it draws you into a much more engaging experience of the church. Well, and I think that when we treat church community lightly, when we treat membership in a church lightly, then we actually end up sidestepping some growth that God would accomplish in us because, you know, you'll you'll have maybe a, a conflict arises in a church or maybe you're like, yeah, I don't really like this pastor or maybe you just feel like this just isn't the right fit for me for a season. Um there would be some great growth that would take place in your life for you to to be with your church uh, in the best of times and, and the mm. worst of times, mm-hmm. sort of like the, the marriage vows, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I think of, you know, churches where they've weathered vacancies, pastoral mm-hmm. vacancies for years, but they stuck together. They didn't do maybe the easy thing, which would be to go to the other church, Um but they've stayed with the body for the sake of the body, and mm. they've even suffered with the body so that they could come out in a place of health. And I think that creates maturity. Or instead of just going to another church because you had a conflict or you were disappointed, but you work through that. You do the, the work of reconciliation. That's where the maturity happens. And if we move from church to church, you know, every couple of years, we sidestep a lot of that growth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you're going to find that your problems follow you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know? They do. And the, the perfect church won't be perfect as soon as you no. join it. <laughs> no. Right. So, yeah, I think that um, facing the reality that God has called a bunch of sinners together yeah. to, to live in under his grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like these also people are going to disappoint me. <laughs> yeah. These pastors are going to disappoint me. Yeah, and at the same time, uh, he wishes to do great good and love even through, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus in exactly. that church to the body being nourished in his presence. And so, I, yeah, I think we just need to update our our mindset about the church. Yeah, um, yeah. So I see that our timer is about to go off here. We set a timer, one of these nice little <laughs> get, visual timers. disciplined here. Yeah, well, we got I got one of those for my kids. Uh, uh, Kelly got one um, because we realized that kids don't, handle like 15 minutes in their brains very well they yeah. have to see it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, that's right so we try to have use a visual timer because yeah. we need that too so um, we're gonna wrap it up here but I, just a couple closing thoughts we just really encourage you to jump into the sermon series and 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 we're gonna be talking about like what does that mean to be part of the church what does it mean to worship together to grow together in community what does it mean to serve one another and and we pray that this this sermon series will be enlightening. It might be a little challenging, uh, but I think it's good, especially for this time where we're all kind of craving community. Yeah. And and I would add that some of what we say in the sermon series may not like make 100% practical sense right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'd love to jump on this community thing, but I I'm I'm quarantining right now. Um, of course, COVID. Yeah. But as much as we can, we want to be in community. Uh, whether that means you're getting together with a few Christians over Zoom or you're meeting in a park, you know, on mm-hmm. a Sunday afternoon to talk about the sermon or, or study the scriptures or pray together. Uh, 
we just want to be connected and growing. Yeah. Yeah. So be encouraged. Um, know that uh, one of the, the greatest treasures in your life is the church, and that's the theater that God has called you into to, to grow and to, to be his, to be known in his kingdom. Yep. And we will uh, plan on catching you next week. We're going to be talking about the theme of worship next week. And I think we might have a special guest. Right on. All right. 